0: Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from SingleInTheCity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: Happy Sunday, everyone. Thank you for joining me tonight for this week's episode of the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta from SingleInTheCity.ca, joined by my lovely friend and philanthropist, Joan Kelly Walker. Hi, Joan. Hi,
2: everybody. Hi, Laura.
1: Hi. Now, we all know about the romantic side of love, but what about the science behind it? What makes us tick? Tonight, we're joined by Dr. Riel Sims, also known as a relationship scientist, and for good reason. Dr. Sims is a neuropsychologist, relationship, body language, and sex expert who is all about sharing the science behind why we do what we do. Tonight, we'll be diving into what happens in our brain when we're attracted to someone the addicting things that can happen when we're in love, and the science behind toxic relationships. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Dr. Sims.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. I am so honored to be a part of this. Yes, thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
1: So let's get right into it. On the surface, attraction is such a primal thing, something that just happens without us realizing why. What happens to our brain when we're attracted to someone? Break it down for us, doctor.
0: Yeah, so at the beginning, what we all experience is this altered state of consciousness, this euphoria, this high that we get when we experience certain uh, neurotransmitters. So certain neurotransmitters with the male is like uh, the vasopressin, the, um, the testosterone, and with those is is how we know that the male actually falls in love. And then with woman, we're talking the oxytocin, we're talking the estrogen, and all of these things, all of these chemicals together. Then and uh, vasopressin and serotonin, and so now with that we know that's when the woman is falling off. But At the beginning, we have to understand this, that falling in love takes no effort. Everybody could fall in love, right? And that's when we experience that, um, that, that those butterflies, those flowers and fireworks and all of that, you know, and, uh, when we experience all of this and 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 we release all of these neurotransmitters that has major effect on our vta our ventral tegmental area our nucleus nucleus accumbens area our pleasure center part of the brain well actually eventually that's going to start to die down and so when it starts to die down this is when it's time for us to really work at the relationship put effort into the relationship because remember it takes no effort to actually fall in love but it takes effort to um, stay into true love and that's the the real task of of the love stage right and then there's stages too that we go through when it comes to love and we go through that that beginning stage that i mentioned that um what do you call it well uh what do you what, what would you call that beginning stage we have so many terms for it but just give me one of those common names um laura um uh, because i'm if it's not the science name it's uh uh it's God. like the
2: butterflies and the you know the um you know like when the, the moon hits your eye like it's, a big pizza pie moments like those moments yeah,
0: infatuation like, right else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we we experience that and and then again, you know, it just eventually it's gonna die down. And and you know too, it's also important to understand when it starts to die down, but that doesn't mean that we don't still have a relationship, right? Because some of us actually think, Oh wow, this means our relationship is gonna break up and so we don't feel that spark that's so strong. But see, that's now when we start, that, what, what, what is effort? Like, what would we do? What does that look like? How do you measure that, you know, effort? So that effort could be um, adding novelty into the relationship, right? Making sure that you do new things, different things, to keep the spark going in the relationship. So it's really important. And also, don't... Stop doing the things that you started doing at the beginning too, as well.
2: That's right, true. like a lot of people, as soon as they meet someone that they're really excited about and infatuated about, they start, you know, eating really well and dressing really well and really looking after themselves because that's who they want to be. But then I think eventually, sometimes that falls a- away. Right? Is that what you're referring? Absolutely. To,
0: yeah, yeah. Because you know, we get what happens is is we get so comfortable now right into the relationship so we let ourselves go sometimes too right we don't want to look desirable anymore right uh and like you said because we feel like we don't have nice oh oh, say that again laura
1: i said it's because we feel like oh we've got this person now like i can feel comfortable around them they're going to accept me for whoever i am at this point but that's not always true (laughs) you you should always upkeep yourself and never fall you know uh, fall, let yourself fall behind just because you feel like somebody is now in love with you, and no matter what, you know this person is never going to leave. And not that you should be doing it just for them, but you should be doing it for yourself as well. Because I don't know about Absolutely. you guys, but I feel a lot different when I work out than and eat healthy, rather than when I don't eat healthy or work out. So I, I'm doing it for me first.
2: Yeah. I think a lot That's of people awesome. lose sight of that and they they're not necessarily doing it for themselves at the beginning and then when the novelty wears off they're like, "Oh, I have to keep doing this."
0: Cuz you do. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yes, absolutely, absolutely very well said. Very well said. Yeah, you get so comfortable and you think you don't have to anymore. And um I and you know, this is this is really something that we thought was only a male issue, like oh well, you know she doesn't do her hair anymore, and she used to dress sexy, but now this is this is also a a woman issue too, as well, with the man, right It's like, oh well, he's letting himself go down, you know, he doesn't want to shave, he doesn't fix his hair now, you know, <laughs> just letting that beard belly, and now they're actually putting in their complaint too, as well, so it it's it's both parties absolutely.
1: Now, Dr. Rial, do you believe in falling in love with someone? Do you think it's possible to fall in love with someone at first sight?
0: Okay. So, great question, because we are dealing with um, people experiencing a certain, uh, you know, cluster of neurotransmitters that, feel like it's the love at first sight. So let let me explain. So when two people actually meet, what we're really looking for is the opposite match. And what the opposite match is, is our opposite DNA, our opposite immune system, right? And when we actually discover that, we discover other things, you know, we're getting this uh, anticipation drug, the mesolimbic dopaminergic area of the brain. We get this VTA uh, a surge in the brain of all of these different neurotransmitters that's going, and that is so powerful if it is an opposite match. It is so possible that it will even make you feel like it's the love of first sight, right? And, you know, what's so important is to make sure that if this is a love, because absolutely uh, what we're experiencing at the beginning can be a surge of lust, right? And so it's really important to make sure that you know what you're looking for in a relationship And we're talking about like, you know, your non-negotiable requirements, your needs and your wants. So that's so important. And that's social compatibility, right? Versus our, uh, what we call the um, histocompatibility, the major histocompatibility complex. And that's our chemistry, right? So it's important that you get that strong feeling, that euphoria that we talked about earlier, right? But after that, then it's important for you to make sure that this person meets your non-negotiable requirements, your needs and your wants, just to make sure that that what you're feeling isn't just that new um, um, pheromones and hormones that you're actually experiencing so so really, yeah, that love of first sight um, could mean. That we just actually found our um, the, the the right combination, and that right combination is actually the uh the the opposite match because that 's what the body is actually looking for when we actually in, in, encounter with each other the first thing we do as human beings, well, not even human beings, the first thing we do just as every living breathing creature on this earth is smell each other when we interact with each other. The first time we actually come in front of each other, the first thing we're doing is smelling, but we're not conscious of it, right? This is something that at Atomic that we just don't know we're doing, but why are we doing this? because we're actually smelling each other's DNA. Oh, 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 I'm
1: very aware of the whole smell thing, but we need to continue this conversation after we take a break. I wanna learn more about the science behind opposites attract as well as pheromones and attraction and how they trigger a response in someone when we come back. Stay with us.
0: Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
1: And we're back. This is the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bilotta with Joan Kelly Walker and our guest, Dr. Real Sims, discussing the science behind love and attraction. And let's jump right back in. And before the break, I guess we were discussing the science behind opposites attract. You know, attraction is such an interesting thing. We're all attracted to different things and people, whether we have a type or not, often we're attracted to someone who is the opposite of, of us. So I would love to learn why this happens. And can you explain the love at first sight theory, Dr. Al?:
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and opposite actually attracts so the confusion is is when we hear opposite track we're only thinking about social compatibility right you're a lawyer i'm a lawyer you know i like horror films you like horror films but actually the body is actually looking for the opposite right? It's not looking for the same immune system. It's not looking for the same DNA. And it's something that we call the human leukocyte antigens. And that's when we are actually smelling your DNA. And it's important for us to make sure that it's the opposite DNA, because you've probably heard, you know, like like if it's um, two family members actually procreating uh, and the child could come out with some type of defect, right um so it's the body is trying to make sure that this DNA isn't similar to your DNA so actually, it really is the opposite, right. And you know, sometimes too, with social compatibility, we might like the joy of opposite when it comes to social compatibility because we're, we're 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 turned on. That's what also helps the novelty in the relationship too, as well. Is hey, I'm not a singer, but you're a singer, and I appreciate you know you singing every once in a while for me at home. You know, it's really cool. And I'm not an athlete, but I appreciate going to the football games and watching you play football or watching you play basketball. So those opposites are also rewarding to the VTA, too, as well, because it also stimulates us when it comes to the novelty part of it as well. Yeah.
2: So can all of this be done without actually meeting someone in person? I'm just wondering because, you know, the whole world has been affected by and locked down with COVID. And more and more people are meeting online. People are having these great long distance romances and relationships and falling in love before they actually meet in person. So is this possible for love at first sight or lust at first sight or to have that chemistry without physically being in the same space?
0: You know, one of the chemistries that we know that could activate our emotional state, and that's this little thing in our brain that's called the amygdala. Um, that's that's located um, in 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 the area where it uh, helps us to, you know, either be sad, afraid, or just to have that emotional love state, right? And so I love that question because. You know, this is what we are actually dealing with a lot. And the only thing that we could say is through auditory, through listening to somebody else's voice that can actually mm-hmm. – because we know there's a business that's like, you know, billion-dollar business out there that uh, even before Internet came about, right, was, you know, actually, you know, men calling those uh, – what do you call them? Those, those uh, sex – Sex, uh, sex lines? Is oh, that okay yeah. <laughs> for me to say the word sex? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, we know that it stimulates too as well, and we know the voice also has a major effect on the male's testosterone level too as well, especially when you're ovulating, because when you ovulate, your voice actually, uh, it, it, it goes a couple of octaves higher, you know, you have a higher voice when you ovulate. Now, that stimulation that makes you feel good right and and i'm and i imagine a lot of people now during the pandemic has experienced this let's talk on the phone and then eventually oh your voice sounds really good your voice sounds really good and you know sometimes they end up having phone sex and everything so that's the what we're, 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 we're actually tapping into um the limbic system which is the um Amygdala, the emotional part of our brain. And so now what's happening is we're again, we're establishing the lust part of this relationship. So now it's a possibility that we're yearning for each other, but are we yearning for each other because we're in love, or are we yearning for each other because, hey, I really enjoy this phone thing that we have right now, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's making you feel good. Now, is it possible that i'm really liking what you say am i really liking what you believe in am i really liking your religious belief or you know your um social beliefs on things on life you know am i liking this to the point whereas i'm a sexual, right or a, a sapiosexual and that is what can draw us really like i really like you i really like you wow you know i have never i haven't met a person that we had so much in common and we agree on these certain things and certain important things ah but the scary thing is there's one more a, a component that's so important and that is actually meeting each other Actually, meeting each other to that is the tell. The what what do you say? The tell. How do you say it? The
2: telltale. Telltale sign.
0: That's the telltale sign. You have to eventually meet each other. And ah, man, you know it. You you know we experience this, and I see it all the time. And Laura, I know you've seen this all the time too. That once they actually interact with each other, and that's when we're really talking about that true word that we all use and it really exists. Sometimes we just play it off, it it really exists, and that's the word chemistry. If the chemistry isn't there, it's not there. And you know, I get this question a lot can you grow the chemistry? There are many studies that say. You know, the more you're with each other and the more you spend time, uh, eventually you might discover something that you didn't discover then, right? And then you got the other side that's saying, hey, you know, if it's no chemistry, it's no chemistry and you can't change it and there's nothing you're going to do about it, right? And that's what happens sometimes, too, is that we actually finally run into each other. And remember when I mentioned about the human leukocyte antigens, it starts to go to work on its own, right? Because that limbic system that we have, that limbic system that we have wants to make sure that you're protected. It wants to make sure that this person is okay physically too as well, because also when we smell each other, we're smelling to make sure that you don't have any pathogens, viruses, Anything, any, any, um, uh, what's the other words, um, uh, bacteria, you know, we want to make sure that you don't have something in your gut. You know, how we get turned off with someone that has bad breath, right? Well, that's what we're actually smelling too. And for the first time, that's what could turn us off. If you happen to have bad breath at the time that I met you because... What happens is it alerts the amygdala, and it says, danger, danger, danger. Now, this might be a really cool person and really great person, but at that first time, that's what you smelled, and so now your body is saying, is rejecting this person. The body is saying, no, 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 and you're in your mind saying, wait a minute, this person is a great person. We had a wonderful conversation. We were on the phone for like 90 days every day, and now when I'm with this person, you're saying no, right? So it's really, really important to make sure that you are going to see the significant other because I've seen so many people, so many hurt people that says, hey, you know, we had a wonderful time on the phone and everything. But once I met them or once we uh, once we, we actually, you know, got intimate, there's nothing there and I don't know what to say now. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to tell this person that I just don't feel it. And, you know, we kissed. And once we kissed, you know, there was nothing there, you know, because a kiss can make or break a relationship too as well. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's hard,
2: I guess, because people are so committed after they've talked on the phone for so long, before they actually got together, even talking over video. Like, people are just... Like, okay, I'm determined to make this happen. This seems like a great match. But then if they don't have the chemistry, they're so invested. It must be hard to walk away at that point.
0: Yeah, it's totally hard to walk away. And you know what? Sometimes they don't. Most of the times they don't actually. Because, like you said, you're so invested in it. And you're telling yourself, no way. You know, hey, you know, we 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 really have something here. We really started something here. And I'm just not going to listen to what I'm feeling right now, right? And you know, and, and I don't wanna I don't wanna I don't wanna disappoint anybody. I mean it can happen, right? I mean I've know some people that you know it, it this happened and they're together and you know they're together forever, right? But also I just wanna let people know that there's consequences that comes with you know having that great relationship over the phone, right? And it's so important for someone to realize, hey, I got to meet the person. I have to meet, everything is fine, everything is great, but I need to meet this person and to make sure what I'm experiencing is real as well.
1: And once we've gotten past that initial attraction and now, okay, you're in a relationship with someone, you're falling in love, sometimes we do crazy things when we fall in love? What are some of the ways that love can affect our brain?
0: Wow, that is so deep. Look, we have <laughs> a thing called the prefrontal cortex, right? And one of just like four regions in the prefrontal cortex. And one of the regions that, that, that's associated, because our, our prefrontal, prefrontal cortex is our CEO. That's where we make our judgments and our decisions and and we even, you know, judge ourselves and all of that, right? That's, that, that's, the, that's the part of the brain that is the president, you know, of everything, right? And so what happens is, is that when we flood our brain with love, when our brain is flooded with uh, oxytocin, phyloethylamine, serotonin, vasopressin, norepinephrine, when our brain is flooded with all of those drugs, it's actually shuts that part of the brain down that prefrontal cortex guess what we can't really think straight and you've heard it all i know you guys have heard wow you know uh, love will make you do crazy things right and what the tv shows that's out right Uh, a fatal attraction and and you know um he made me do it love made me do it and it, it is so true because when it shuts that part down you you're not able to cognitively think straight right because we're on this high we're on this altered state of consciousness this euphoria right and it is so strong that we actually do stupid things for love yeah
1: wow interesting very interesting okay we need to take a break and when we come back is there such a thing as healthy and unhealthy jealousy we're going to chat about that we'll be right back
0: back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from SingleInTheCity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellata from SingleInTheCity.ca with Joan Kelly Walker. And tonight's guest is Dr. Rael Sims, who is sharing his insight into the science behind healthy and not so healthy relationships. Let's get back to it.
2: So, uh, Laura and Dr. Sims, I can't help but think about the whole concept of healthy jealousy and unhealthy jealousy. So, you know, this comes up in relationships all the time. Does jealousy necessarily have to be a bad thing? Can it make you more aware of your feelings and your needs? And do you think there's such a thing as healthy and unhealthy
0: jealousy? Yeah, I really love that question because... Um, what we have to understand, even when it comes to, I'm just giving an example. I know it's a tangential, but you know when we talk about stress, stress. There's good stress, and then there's bad stress. The good stress is what warns us, right? The good stress is what gives us that energy, that um, glucose, cortisol, So whether we want to decide whether we want to fight or flight in certain situations. So when it comes to jealousy. It's also a good jealousy and a bad jealousy, right? And the good jealousy is to just bring us to awareness, especially when it comes to this certain it that you women have, right? That discernment that you have, that gut feeling that you have when, you know, that significant other is around this certain you know, yeah, or we're just good friends, you know, or we're just old friends, right? Or this is just the secretary, right? And you have that that jealousy that's happening. It's actually, uh, again, it's actually the part of that brain, that amygdala kicks in that tells you, hey, wait a minute. You know, this is good jealousy because what I'm actually experiencing, right, is something that is just not right and it's accurate. You know, it's really true you know and you could experience and actually know that the way she is uh reacting to you the way you react to her is different the way you react to her is strictly friends but the way she's reacting to you is a little different and i really need for you to listen to me and not look at just the fact that it seems like I'm jealous, but this is a good jealousy, right? This is something that that I'm really telling you, hey, you know, I'm in love with you, I love you so much that it actually um, is real. So the bad jealousy is something that we see in movies all the time, that bad jealousy, like fatal attraction, right? Uh, Like borderline personality disorder, like when somebody's saying, I'll bust your windows out your car, right? Then, you know, when we get to that stage, then we're dealing with the bad jealousy when people aren't able to control or start imagining things that are not really there. And then that's when we get into the bad jealousy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think, too, like mild jealousy can be healthy. Uh, It reiterates the fact that that an individual cares about his or her partner, that they value them, and that they don't want to lose them. Um, we might become jealous of the, of the attention our partner gives to other people because we want to be the, the only, you know, apple of their eye. And this is healthy when it clarifies and solidifies the definition of your relationship with your partner. But, I mean, this type of jealousy, uh, if it leads to constant fighting between you and your partner, I think then it's time to slow down and check in with yourself. Um, being envious may mean that you've got to you know spend more time thinking about whether there's something making you feel inadequate or less deserving of love in that relationship so that's how I would describe it absolutely
0: absolutely 100 percent
1: we need to take a break though we'll be right back Uh, why is toxic love so addictive we're going to answer that when we come back stay with us
0: Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640
1: Toronto. Thanks for tuning in to the Dating and Relationship We are back. This is Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta with the wonderful Joan Kelly Walker and our special guest is Dr. Rial Sims. He's sharing his insight into the science of uh, or the science behind healthy and not so healthy relationships. Welcome back to The Shield, guys.
2: So many people in a toxic relationship keep going back, even they, though that they know that the person is detrimental to them and to their well-being. So, Dr. Sims, why do they keep going back, and why is toxic love so addictive?
0: There's several variable, uh, variables to this, but I'm going to try to just bring in at least two real fast. Uh, well, one, we know that we're addicted, right? And also the toxic of this relationship, we could be confused in thinking that, you know, the way this person is treating me, this person really loves me, right? The reason why this person is really, you know, putting his hands on me, because they're trying to keep me in my place, because it's me, I'm trying to come, I'm, I'm too aggressive, I'm, I'm, I'm being too um, uh, dominant in the relationship, so he's trying to, he's just, he loves me so much that he's just trying to keep me from uh, being dominant, from wanting uh, the things that I really want, right? And, 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 and it's okay. You know, this is this toxic way of thinking, the toxic relationship that we're actually in with this person. And it's addictive because what happens is, is that we actually fall in love with that particular characteristic. You know that narcissistic uh way of um uh thinking that's coming from our significant other right and it you know again, remember, we're already addicted right we're already addicted to that person, and it's sort of like how when people say, "Why do I keep attracting the same person over and over again right and uh we we we're, we actually seek versus when people say, "Why do I keep attracting?" We're actually active than passive. We're actually looking for that toxic relationship because we haven't detoxed from that person. Well, when you're in a toxic relationship, you don't give yourself an opportunity to even detox or heal from that relationship because detoxing and healing is two different things, right? So it's really, really imperative when we're in that toxic relationship to seek help right as as fast as you can, because we're trying to deal with this relationship by ourselves, and it is really, really difficult because we're really dealing with addictive behavior versus uh trying to get out of that addictive behavior by ourselves, yeah,
1: and how can we go about getting out of this toxic relationship? You're saying seeking help, I mean friends. At least talking to your friends, family members, people that you feel close to, letting them know what's going on. Sometimes as friends, we can look in, um, look and see what's going on in our friends' relationships. We know there's toxicity going on, but there's nothing we can do about it. But it's always great to be able to open up and share what you're feeling with your friends and family. Anything else that we can ask?
0: Yeah, and to make sure when you are disclosing this information with friends and family, what's really important is to um, come up with an escape strategy. And what I mean by that is to, you know, you just don't want to just, you know, cold, just leave, right? Um, Just cold turkey and just leave. You don't want to do that. because. Your significant other may uh, deal with borderline personality disorder, sort of like the film that we've seen, Fatal uh, Attraction, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that can be very, very dangerous, right? So come up with an um, exit strategy, right? And, 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 and also let your best friend or family member know. But I do recommend this, not to go to your family member's home. Do not put them in danger. When it's time to get out of the toxic relationship, if you so where can, where do you go? I was just here to say, if you can uh, find a nice hotel or something or someplace, or if you do know a friend that that friend is totally out of town, not a local friend, right? Because most likely he knows your local friends, he knows your family, and when someone exit from you, when someone actually leaves you. Uh, that that also becomes a threat to you, like, how dare you leave me, right? And it becomes a, a, a threat to that person, it becomes a danger to that person, and that person now starts to seek you, like, how dare you leave me?
1: Thank you for the great conversation today, Dr. Rial. Where can we find you?
0: Yes, you can find me on my website, uh, drraelsims.com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Um, Rael Sims uh, The Relationship Scientist and The Relationship Scientist on Instagram
1: Thank you so much That's R-Y-E-A-L-S-I-M-M-S Joan, where can we learn more about you? I'm at Joan Kelly Walker Official on Instagram And my website is singleinthecity.ca for upcoming events and day coaching and matchmaking and also check me out on Instagram Official Laura Bellotta and on Clubhouse Laura Bellotta Talk to you next week, guys. Ciao for now.